Hey, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. Another Sunday, another loss for the Jaguars. Houston 27, the Houston Texans 27, the Jacksonville Jaguars 25, the final score. You know, I watched the highlights uh, this morning as we record this podcast. It is actually uh, Wednesday morning, uh, November the 11th. So if we go back in time, let's see, Sunday. Sunday was actually the 8th, and the Jaguars lost on Sunday. Um, The Texans were a 7-point favorite, so the Jags actually did beat the spread, but they lost by 2 points. The Houston Texans 27, the Jacksonville Jaguars 25. Due to the thumb injury for Gardner Minshew, the fractures in his thumb, he did not play. He will also not be available for the Green Bay game. So not only did Luton start, against the Texans, but he will make a start at Lambeau Field at Green Bay this Sunday. So we take a look at game one for Luton. Hey, hey, Luton's not, I mean, he's not the second coming of Tom Brady, but he looked pretty good. I mean, he opened the game with a 73-yard touchdown pass, you know, and even Tom Brady, you know, started slow. Every, Every quarterback has their first game, and this was, Jake Luton's first game. I think I saw somebody on the NFL Network called him Luton, which means that kind of rhymes with crouton. So when you got croutons in a salad, you need a lot of other ingredients. The Jags did get a great catch by DJ Chark. It was a very good throw by Luton in the first quarter, a 73-yard touchdown pass, and it was on Luton's first series. So we got to give him some credit. On the day, I mean, you can't you can't ask for much more in a rookie debut. I mean, Jake Luton was 26 of 38. He hit 68% of his passes. 68% of his passes were complete for 304 yards. He had one touchdown, had one very costly interception. His quarterback rating was slightly over 90, about 90.2, I believe. Uh, Josh Lambeau hit a 59-yard field goal, but Josh Lambeau also missed an extra point. And I understand Lambeau has perhaps re-aggravated his injury, and he will not kick at Green Bay. The Jags are going to play musical chairs um, with another kicker this Sunday. So the Lambeau situation will continue. Lambeau was uh, back for a what two weeks and and now he's he's out he'll be out again he must have re-aggravated the injury so jags uh there's been a couple of kickers mentioned john brown and then then another guy surfaced as well so we'll wait till sunday no telling who will kick on sunday at green bay so a difficult loss for the jaguars the texans win 27 to 25 however you hate it when the officials Steal the game. And that's what happened in the third quarter. And it was um, after Luton's interception that was returned way down the field. Cam Robinson might have made his best play of his Jaguars career, tackling the guy out of bounds and saving a touchdown. That was actually Vernon Hargraves, former University of Florida defensive back who made the interception for Houston. Cam Robinson hit him, knocked him out of bounds way down, what, around the uh, five or ten yard line? But the 
actually he had, I guess he was ruled down um, right near where the near where the interception was initially made on Houston's side of the 50. So Houston came out and ran a play. Well, they ran a play. The play clock, the play clock. Let me get that right. The play clock hit zero zero. Then two seconds later, Houston snaps a ball. The officials did not stop the game. There were no penalty flags. And there was a touchdown pass. Good pass, uh, you know, by Deshaun Watson down the field. I, I think Will Fuller, I believe it was Will Fuller, caught the touchdown pass. Will made a catch, made a good move, and, and scored. However, the play never the play never should have counted. The play clock, you know, the, the quarterback has a certain amount of time to get the playoff, right? And it didn't happen. He didn't get it off in time. It was egregious. It was um, stated by the CBS announcers. It's been stated all over the place. You know, and looking back at that play back in the third quarter, I mean, it was called egregious by CBS announcers. Um, you know, local sports talk uh, guest also said it was egregious. So they don't throw the flags, and somebody's supposed to be responsible for watching that play clock. When it hits 0-0, the flag goes in the air, play is stopped. It should have been a five-yard penalty against the Texans and not a long touchdown pass by Deshaun Watson. Doug Marone. Yep, Doug got visibly, showed his displeasure, visibly as he should. But I'm going to say this. I can't sugarcoat it anymore. Doug Marone should have shown his ass and got thrown out of the game. He should have shown his ass and got thrown out of that game because it's just continuing. There's the NFL, the officials, of course, they're making really, really bad calls. And this has been going on for about four years now. But the officials aren't respecting the Jaguars. How can you get away with that? Now, apparently it's in the rules where it's not a reviewable play. But heck, it's a scoring play, right? Get the call right. Man, and the rules have every scenario prepared for the NFL is a, a, a big enough moneymaker to be able to do that. The NFL can still control games. They can ignore holding calls like they did in the AFC Championship game uh, back in January of 2018 between the Patriots and the Jaguars. And they did this, too. They did this, too, as I gavel the table. I'm, I'm going to tell you, Doug should have shown his ass. He should have got thrown out of that game. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. i I'm at the, I, I am of the opinion, because this has happened before with Doug. He should have been thrown out of that game. He should have made a point of that play. And I'm getting to the point where I, I really don't want Doug Marone as the head coach of the Jaguars anymore. I mean, my goodness, Todd Wash should have been fired last year. Uh, Doug, in a recent press conference, said, 
what was the exact words he said? It was something to the effect of, as long as I'm the head coach, Todd Wash is safe. What is that? What is that? That's just, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, Doug's uh, in the past at Syracuse and Buffalo been a pretty good CEO, but you know, uh, when I say CEO of the, you know, the assistant coaches around him, um, I, I just think it's going to continue. You're going to see uh, Marone and Wash finish out the season. And I hope to goodness Shot Khan will finally pull the plug on this 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 whole insanity. Um, it's going to be a good job because of what's coming. The Jags got four first round picks. No, I'm sorry. Let me let me backtrack on that. They got they got four picks in the first two rounds. They got two first round picks next season. You know that goes back to the Jalen Ramsey trade. The Jags got enough draft picks to make the job look very attractive for the head coach and the next GM if Codwell is cast aside as well, like he most likely should because of his record. So that's where I stand. That's how I feel. And, you know, we we still know that Doug Marone is coming out doing these press conferences uh, before the Houston game, he said, hey, it's going to be a new nine-game season. Well, game one is uh, in the books, and the Jags lost. However, the officiating, you know, the officials, in my mind, stole this game from the Jaguars, and Doug got showed his displeasure. But I just think he should have – I think he should have got on the field, even in this COVID-19 era, he should have got, got out on the field, showed more displeasure – got thrown out of the game, and it would ma- would have made more of a point uh, for the Jags fans, I think would have liked that, for Doug to stick up more for the bad officiating call, which it's been proven to be. It's um, It cost the Jaguars a game. You know, and everybody's saying, hey, we're tanking for Trevor or whoever the first quarterback taken is going to be. Hey, I got a news flash for you. The Jaguars need two defensive linemen very badly, and they need another cornerback. However. You got Luton and um, Minshew, both very cost-effective quarterbacks right now. And, heck, if Trevor Lawrence isn't there and the Jaguars are picking second, third, or fourth, if he's not there, he's already gone off the boards, are you going to grab that second or third guy that's in the draft? That's what the new guy's going to have to think about. Yeah, I've got my list of choices who I'd like to see be the next coach. I've got a list of about four choices that we'll probably explore on the next podcast. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty. Of course, Anchor.fm, the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor.fm with some new enhancements and improvements. Anchor.fm. That's uh, where we base our our podcast from, Anchor.fm and the Anchor.fm studios. And we also want to thank um, Saucer Realty for your North Florida real estate needs. Your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, uh, business, commercial property, see Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty uh, here in North Florida. So we want to thank Anchor.fm. That's Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com, internet radio, where it's all good. They've got great hits, recognizable hits. You'll always find great songs at LakeUfallahits.com. 
It's all good. JC uh, runs that operation. And uh, JC's also one of our our BigJReport.com freelance writers. Does a fantastic job. And, of course, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. You can also follow the links at, uh, well, you can go to BigJReport.com. And in the weather information, you can find the links, the link to Saucerility for your real estate needs uh, here in North Florida. So we want to thank Anchor.fm, Saucerility, uh, LakeUfallahits.com. It's all good. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com. So I know James Robinson had another pretty good game, the uh, running back uh, for the Jaguars. We'll, uh, you know, we'll take a look at some of his statistics, too. I believe he was pushing right at, um, what, over 100 yards against the Texans. So he was a plus. You know, Jake Luton did get 304 yards passing. And um, on the season, looks like Robinson's over 500 yards already. 4.4 yards per carry on his rushing attempts. Uh, he's got five rushing touchdowns. And, heck, he's having a good year. He's an undrafted free agent that the Jags did find. I want to give Doug Marone credit uh, for this and also uh, uh, Dave Codwell, the GM. But, heck, they're being paid good to do their job. So the problem I have is not the fact they found a really good undrafted free agent running back in James Robinson. But the situation is that the one-loss record, the win-loss record is just, you know, it's atrocious. Uh, that's, that's a big, big issue. And uh, we'll be talking more about running back James Robinson, uh, Jake Luton, right here on the Teal Shirt Report. Uh, again, we do appreciate you listening into the Teal Shirt Report. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, like you follow hits.com. Uh, and of course, you can follow us at bigjreport.com. And again, we do want to uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. This is episode number 70, by the way. If you need high school football uh, scores, Interviews and results, episode show 69. Hey, nothing says you can't go back in time and listen to the last or previous episode. Uh, you can do that uh, right here at the Teal Shirt Report. We're going to continue with more coming up. Uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're listened to in as many as 17 states, and not only uh, – as many as 17 states across the United States. But, hey, we are worldwide and international. Listen to in France, the U.K., of course, England, which is part of the U.K. We're listening to in Northern Ireland, um, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. So we're, we're basically listening to all over the world. We appreciate our listeners, you know, in France, uh, Canada, New Zealand, Germany, um, England, um, the rest of the U.K., Wales, want to say hello to Andy Powers and his crew in Wales, Newport area. So thank you for listening. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. And, yes, we will continue. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. And we're continuing episode show number 70. Uh, we've been doing uh, episode show number 70 over the last uh, two or three days, actually. It's Friday morning as we... Um, continue episode show number 70 i hear the early morning train at at about 6 20 a.m that's always a, a 
great sound way back in the distance. Actually, it's kind of soothing uh, when you're sleeping, when you hear the train. But again, it's way off in the distance uh, when it's heard uh, here at World Headquarters. So you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm. Great, in my opinion, great new enhancements and improvements by Anchor. It's always been the simplest way to do a, a podcast, Anchor.fm. I want to thank Saucer Realty uh, for your real estate needs. There's people that like this area, North Florida. And for any reason, if you're thinking about moving to North Florida, or maybe um, you want to add a property or you want to sell a property, uh, contact Larry Saucer at Saucer Realty. You can quickly find the link to Saucer Realty when you go to BigJReport.com and take a look at um, you know BigJReport.com, the homepage. Scroll down where the weather information is, and you'll find the link to Saucer Realty. Uh, we just came out of this. Um, it was actually a hurricane for a brief time. It was uh, Tropical Storm Etta. Was it Etta? It looked like it was uh, written down like it was estimated time of arrival. But it was actually Tropical Storm Etta, which uh, I guess about a day ago became um, Category 1 Hurricane Etta, then became Tropical Storm Etta after making its way across the land. But it didn't have much power. There were, you know, some, and I'll say there might have been a, a couple of down trees, some branches down, and that's about it. It was a very mild storm, and as we report, as we record the uh, podcast on this Friday morning, we understand the remnants of Tropical Storm Etta, which is probably now what referred to maybe as Tropical Depression Etta. The remnants are have moved now up up into the Carolinas. So the Jaguars got Green Bay coming up. We were talking when we when we started episode show number 70 of the Teal Shirt Report, we were talking about Coach Doug Marone, the coaching situation, uh, the fact that I, I really thought Doug should have showed more disappointment and pure shock with the no call uh, when the play clock hit zero. Zero, zero. Two seconds went by after that, and then the, the officials allowed Deshaun Watson, his center, to snap the ball to him, and the play runs like nothing happened because there's no flags, no stoppage of play or anything. As the Jaguars get hosed on a, on a call, the NFL's bad calls have continued for the last four years. It's been certainly a lot more glaring in playoff games over the last three or four years, but we won't touch on that uh, during this episode of the Teal Shirt Report. Uh, we will say the Jaguars, last time I checked the line a couple of days ago, uh, the Jaguars, of course, are playing at Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers two days ago um, were actually a 12-and-a-half-point favorite up at Lambeau Field. We'll take a look at the line now because we've been – you know, we've been messing around with episode show number 70 for two or three days now. We we typically record, honestly, we record at least two episodes a week. 
Some weeks we might do just one episode. Some weeks as many as three episodes, depending on what's going on. But for the most part, uh, we do three episodes, uh, more of a preview of the upcoming Jags game. And, of course, we talk about the previous game uh, during the podcast as well. So a couple of days ago, I did take a look at the line on the uh, Jaguars-Green Bay game. And it was actually um, a 12-and-a-half-point spread. Green Bay was a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I had heard through the grapevine there may have been a change in the line. Green Bay is 6-and-2. The Jaguars are 1-and-7. The kickoff is at 1 o'clock this Sunday afternoon, November the 15th at 1 o'clock p.m. at Lambeau Field. And it is now... I'm seeing 13, 13 and a half. I, I would say 13 points uh, kind of looks like the, the the what we would call the, as the mean average, you know, in between there. So the Packers are, uh, we're going to say now at this point on uh, Friday, Friday the 13th, as we finish up the podcast, uh, Friday the 13th, the Jaguars are a 13-point underdog against Green Bay and Green Bay. It'll be... Uh, uh, week two of Jake Luton and week two of the new nine-game season for head coach Doug Marone. And, you know, as I talked about a little bit earlier in episode show number 70 here, I'm, I'm not – I'm getting to the point I'm not comfortable with Doug Marone being the head coach of this football team anymore. And I really thought Doug – and I'll just use the word. He should have shown his ass and got thrown out of the game, quite frankly. That – the officiating no-call – was so egregious. And I'll say something about NFL officiating, and, and I don't care who you know who doesn't like it, but what happens is the NFL, it seems like they can control the games by not calling holding penalties. Uh, not calling a play clock violation is what it clearly was, another egregious call. So I really, I know that Doug did, you know, he put on a little bit of a show underneath his mask and you know he yelled some stuff maybe if did he yell or he maybe he spoke a little bit louder than normal but i think he should have shown his ass and i'm sorry if i use the a word but you know jackass is you know people know what a jackass is and you hear that all the time in normal conversation so that's not a problem i mean after all doug marone has used the s word You know, the four-letter word that starts with S, Doug has used that in past press conferences. I've heard him say it in one press conference. I know he said it at least three times, you know, right out there in the public in a press conference. So there you go. So talking about the Jags, again, looking at the line, you know, it looks like most circles are saying about a 13-point favorite is what Green Bay uh, is. Green Bay 6-2. and The Jaguars are one and seven. I build the Jaguars as the best one and seven team in the NFL. I don't know if there's another one and seven team. I'm assuming there is. The Jets are still winless, as uh, it appears they're they're high up in the uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes, you might say. So that's about all I can handle for the Jaguars at the moment. We're going to talk about SEC football, and you know there were some some good games this past weekend. Um. There's been some blowouts. High school football is interesting because it looks like tonight I'm going to go 
actually go to a game. I know Alex Nunnery, our BigJReport.com contributor, and he does good interviews at the high school games. I know Alex uh, goes to a game almost every week and reports it back to us with interviews also. If you want to get any high school scores or interviews, uh, go back to episode 69 and even episode 68, because um, especially in episode 69, because Alex is doing interviews with coaches, players, and we run down the majority of all the scores throughout North Florida, South Georgia, and even pockets of uh, South Alabama as well. Congratulations uh, to you fall Alabama on their seven-game winning streak. Do you follow high school Alabama Tigers, a seven-game winning streak? Uh, they won their first-round game in the playoffs over, I believe it was Stan Hope Elmore. I believe that's the name of the team, Stan Hope Elmore. Uh, we did put the scores up in the BigJReport.com uh, website. You click on the sports section, and there's a big area where you've got high school uh, football scores for North Florida, South Georgia, and a, a little bit of a pocket or part of South Alabama as well. So we're going to take a look at um, the SEC, the SEC power rankings. Um, last weekend, the Florida Gators here in Jacksonville, I mean, what an interesting game. I mean, Georgia got out in front. Georgia actually had a 14 to nothing lead. They, um, on the, I believe it was the first play from scrimmage after the kickoff, the Georgia running back took off for almost, what, 75 yards or so to score a touchdown. Florida was really lined up not well on that first play on that first play. And Georgia had some guys to one side of the field. And I think they ran it the other way and got a touchdown on the first uh, play from scrimmage after the kickoff. Uh, then Georgia proceeded to score again. And all of a sudden Georgia was up 14 to nothing. The Florida defense really, you know, kind of, kind of bowed up after that and played better than expected. Um, after that big play Georgia got on the big 75-yard run, Georgia's offense really sputtered. But I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing that Florida was very fortunate about. Um, probably the biggest thing that Florida was fortunate about was the fact that the Georgia Bulldogs wide receivers, I mean, they dropped two or three passes. Um, the quarterback dropped the ball on the field. I mean, they really had as many as two, three, four bad plays where they dropped the ball, where they dropped passes or just in general dropped the ball. Georgia, this game could have been closer. Georgia could have won this game. Uh, however, there's a guy named Cal Trask, and Cal Trask is a guy that uh, put Florida over the top. Cal Trask, man, he was 30 for 43, four touchdowns, 474 yards. He did have an interception, but um, – Kyle Trask was uh, 30 completions for 43, four touchdowns, 474 yards for Kyle Trask. So in the era of wearing the mask, Florida's got one heck of a quarterback named Kyle Trask. So the Gators now have the inside track to winning the SEC East because Georgia's got two losses. Florida's got one, but Florida owns a tiebreaker. So essentially, Florida, you know, is a game, actually two games ahead of Georgia because of the tiebreaker. Some other scores, well, um, how about Mike Leach? Uh, he got enough offense finally against Vanderbilt. Mississippi State 24, Vanderbilt 17. Texas A&M just blew out South Carolina 
Texas A&M, ever since Alabama beat Texas A&M way back, you know, early in September, or maybe late in September, I should say, the way the season started, um, I will say that uh, that Texas A&M has become a better football team. I don't think Texas A&M played very well against Alabama, but Alabama played very well against Texas A&M. But Texas A&M smoked the Gamecocks. Texas A&M 48, South Carolina 3. Man, it was barbecue Gamecock, wasn't it? Texas A&M 48, South Carolina 3. What about uh, what about Muschamp? I think COVID, he'll get a ticket through COVID, but I think next year, and, and it could be sooner than that. I'm, I may not be thinking right, but Muschamp, I think he's at South Carolina this year, maybe next year. I don't know about the year after that, but – but South Carolina has been disappointing. Tennessee has kind of fallen on rough times, too. Arkansas. Arkansas defeated Tennessee last weekend. Uh, that was last Saturday, November the 7th. Arkansas 24, Tennessee 13. Florida will host Arkansas uh, this Saturday. That would be a big game. Arkansas, and I think uh, Arkansas, their head coach, Sam Pittman, he could be a candidate for coach of the year. Arkansas has already won three conference games, and I think most people really thought, including myself, that Arkansas would be lucky to win probably one game in the conference because before the season started, I kind of had my bottom three feeders in the SEC as Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Arkansas. Missouri and Arkansas had played better than expected, but especially Arkansas. Sam Pittman, their head coach, and I think he was, what, the offensive line coach at Georgia? before he went to uh, Arkansas. He's been a good choice. I mean, Arkansas has actually, they have less talent than most teams in the SEC, at least right now. They did get uh, Felipe Franks, who transferred to Arkansas, so it gives them an experienced quarterback. But, you know, Felipe's always had limitations, but I think he learned a lot from Coach Mullen. But he did transfer to Arkansas. Arkansas has been competitive in most every game. They played Georgia pretty tough earlier in the year, and um, Arkansas could be a trap game for Florida coming up this Saturday, but we'll see. Florida should win, should win the game. On paper, Florida should beat Arkansas. Even with a trap game, they should win the game by at least 10 points, two touchdowns or more. Uh, We may have to take a look at that line here, you know, in a few minutes on the Teal Shirt Report as well. I see Ohio State defeated Rutgers as, of course, the, you know, the Big Ten is back playing as of uh, late October. Ohio State beat Rutgers 49-27. to Notre Dame in overtime kind of shocked Clemson. Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, has been out uh, due to COVID-19 issues and concerns with him. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence will be back in a week or two or sooner. But he missed the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame 47, Clemson 40, the final in overtime. But, again, I don't want to talk about – we don't really talk too much about other leagues. We might mention Florida State sometimes. Florida State's been very up and down. They're coming off a loss. But they did defeat North Carolina two or three weeks ago. So Florida State's been up and down. I think they're in transition at Florida State with uh, uh, Coach Mike Norvell. I think he's a good coach. I really do. I think it was a good hire compared to uh, what they had with uh, Coach Willie Taggart. So, uh, Coach Mike Norvell, um, he's got to get his players there. 
and it looks like there's going to be there's kind of a house cleaning at Florida State where there's going to be some players transferring out. Coach Norvell now has got to really recruit and get his type of player in there and get some players and and um, have some better luck as well at, at Florida State. So the SEC score is Florida 44, Georgia 28, Mississippi State 24, Vanderbilt 17 last week, Arkansas defeated Tennessee, Arkansas 24, Tennessee 13. Tennessee's going down the tubes. They're 2-4 and four now. They, they're going to have to turn things around. Pruitt. They've got to finish on a strong note like they did last year because they did finish strong the second half of last year. But Arkansas is three and three. I think head coach Sam Sam Pittman in Arkansas has done a phenomenal job with not an extremely a lot of talent. He just doesn't have a lot of talent right now at Arkansas. He'll have to recruit it in there. But as far as being a coach and coaching what he has, three wins at Arkansas is quite surprising. You know, it, it surprised me. I thought they might win. I thought, honestly, they might win one game this year. So we take a look at the the BigJReport.com uh, Southeastern Conference uh, power rankings. We want to also mention our sponsors, Anchor.fm, uh, the good folks at Anchor.fm, simplest way to make a podcast. They've made a lot of great new enhancements uh, with Anchor.fm as well. Want to thank uh, LakeUfallahits.com. It's all good. Internet radio, LakeUfallahits.com. And so we thank our sponsors. You can always follow us at BigJReport.com. And now the SEC, the uh, BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. I got Alabama number one at 6-0. and Texas A&M still at number two at 5-1. and Texas A&M, they played a lot better football since their loss against Alabama. Texas A&M also has um, a victory over Florida, too. So I do have Texas A&M slightly over Florida as uh, Texas A&M's at number two in our power rankings, Florida number three at four and one. So quickly reviewing Alabama number one at six and oh, Texas A&M number two at five and one, Florida four and one at number three, Georgia at four and two. Georgia has lost two conference games, but two really good football teams. Georgia's two losses come to Alabama and Florida. Auburn is four and two. These are the top five teams that are in contention. Um, some some teams in front of Auburn and have, will have to lose, of course. Auburn has got to win out and hope some other teams lose. You know, same thing with Georgia, because right now it looks like the big three is, is Alabama one, Texas two, Florida three. And then Georgia and Auburn are kind of like on the outside looking in with still four and two records, still winning records in the SEC. So there's only five teams that have winning records in this uh, conference-only season uh, due to the COVID-19 issues, uh, you know, that, that we've experienced. And, of course, some games have been postponed. Some games have been canceled. We've seen some of that, and we still may see some more of that. I know the uh, – the Florida rescheduling of LSU is supposed to take place one week uh, before the SEC championship game, which is scheduled, you know, for mid-late uh, December. Uh, so the power rankings after Alabama at one at six and zero, oh, Texas A&M at two five and one, Florida four and one at three, Georgia four and two and fourth, 
Auburn is fifth at four and two. That's Auburn four and two, and then fifth, we got them uh, rated fifth in the SEC power rankings. Arkansas is sixth. Can you believe that? I think we had them in the very beginning of the season. We actually had them ranked uh, lower than Vanderbilt at one time when the, when the season first started. But Arkansas has moved all the way to sixth out of the fourteen teams. Arkansas is three and three, and uh, Coach Sam Pittman's done a done a good job to get three wins in the hopper. Missouri is seventh at two and three. LSU is eighth at two and three. Missouri had defeated LSU. Mississippi State we got them ninth at two and four. Tenth is Ole Miss at two and four. They got the Big Egg Bowl coming up in a, in a few weeks. So we got uh, Mississippi State at nine. Let's see, and I had flip-flops. Actually, Kentucky, I got them at 10. Okay, so there's there's where we're flipping and flopping here. LSU is 8th at 2-3. and three. Mississippi State is 2-4 and four in ninth. I got Kentucky, I should say, 10th at 2-4. and four. Ole Miss 11th at 2-4. and four. Um, We got Tennessee in there at 2-4 and four also. Boy, these teams are just uh, – it's media, mediocrity after the top five teams or, or after the top six teams. Arkansas still considered somewhat mediocre, but their coach has done a, done a phenomenal job getting them, helping them, to leading them to three wins. So let me see these. It's getting kind of scrambled in the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. I did have Missouri 7th. LSU eighth, Mississippi State ninth at two and four. Tenth, I've got uh, Kentucky at two and four. Okay. Um, we have got what's it kind of a scramble at the bottom in it. So we got Kentucky. Now, Kentucky defeated Mississippi State fairly impressively earlier in the season. So we've got Kentucky ranked 10th. Um, Let's see. We've got a 13th team. Okay. So let's uh, Vanderbilt is obviously at the bottom at 0 and 5. So I'm 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 my my actually my um, bigjreport.com SEC power rankings a little bit scrambled. I'm just trying to work through them right now. We do have Kentucky at 10. Um I guess South Carolina we're going to make them the and this is kind of sad for Coach Muschamp, but we're going to make them the 13th team now as we kind of do this, uh, do the power rankings on the fly because all these teams are scrambled at the at the bottom of the SEC. So we got LSU eighth at two and three. That's not too impressive. Two and three this year for LSU. They've you know they've definitely underperformed, underachieved. Mississippi State is ninth at two and four. Um, we're gonna give. Um, 10th place to Tennessee at 2-4. and four. Tennessee 11th. No, no, no. Tennessee 12th. Let's do Tennessee 12th. Going to give Ole Miss 11th. Okay, Ole Miss is 11 at 2-4. and four. Tennessee is 12 at 2-4. and four. 13 is South Carolina at 2-4. and four. Man, a lot of 2-4 and four teams. And uh, Vanderbilt 0-5 in the bottom at 14. So that's where we are now. LSU 8th. Mississippi State ninth. Um, we've got South Carolina at ten. Okay, 
I'm sorry. Let me let me backtrack on that a little bit because it's getting a little bit scrambled. Let me let me get this worked out, and then we'll be right back to to go over the the entire SEC power rankings again because it's hard. To, it's like a roadmap with the bottom the the bottom feeders in the SEC. We'll talk about it. Let me go over this, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Okay, I've got to, as we continue with the Teal Shirt Report, I've got to uh, kind of reset this SEC because, man, it's like a it's like a version of rock, scissors, paper. This team beat that team, so, the, you know, Team A beats Team B. Uh, team B beats Team C, but Team A, you know, it's scrambled. I mean, it's uh, very scrambled. We knew we would get this with a conference-only schedule because the teams are beating, they're beating up each other. They really are. With only conference games. So let's pick it up from the beginning. Let's hit the, in, in fact, I've got it all worked out now as we took a little interlude there uh, to kind of, you know, refocus on the um, Southeastern Conference power rankings. Here we go. So in the BigJReport.com power rankings, as of Friday the 13th, Friday, November the 13th, recording the Teal Shirt Report in the morning. And I will say part of the Teal Shirt Report was recorded on November the 11th, and part of the Till Shirt Report is being recorded on Friday, November the 13th, to give you some updates on, you know, things going on. Let's go back to the SEC Power Rankings one more time. Um, in the SEC Power Rankings for 2020, in this um, difficult COVID-19 era and season we're in, Alabama, I tell you what, you got to give, you got to give Alabama credit. Alabama, I thought they would have I thought honestly Alabama would have lost a game by now because I thought everybody would have, even even the great Alabama. However, you know, Alabama's still got some football to play. I you know, I keep hearing that um, you know, there's cancellations and postponements in the offing. Alabama, you know, as I'm hearing, may not even play their next game. Not any COVID issues. I don't think it's any COVID issues on there. And let me take a look at uh, the Alabama LSU game is I believe the game in question. I don't want to go into too much detail into this one, but let's, let's take a look. Okay. So Alabama and LSU Alabama and LSU apparently, and that's Coach O and and Coach Saban. It looks like the 2020 edition of Alabama against LSU might not shape up as an all-time classic, but it's still a marquee rivalry. Of course, SEC fans, Southeastern Conference fans, will have to wait to see how it plays out this season, though, as apparently this game uh, is being moved to a later date. Uh, due to you know, due to some some COVID issues, as I understand it, so so that's what's going on. Uh, COVID nineteen temporarily uh, derails some of the SEC schedule. Uh, the LSU Florida game, of course, was um, was again postponed a few weeks ago. Florida and LSU is scheduled to play what a week before the SEC championship game, and I just wonder, will is there a chance the SEC championship game 
could be moved from, it's kind of set for uh, mid-late December. Could it be moved possibly to later in December? I mean, I've even heard Christmas Eve or even later than that. So we'll um, keep you up to date on that. But let's take a look at the power rankings, COVID-19 cancellations and postponements and all. We're going to give you the records. All 14 teams right now is as while we've been doing the tilt shirt report, we've been kind of stumbling over uh, all these two and the four and two and three teams. Okay, here we go. One final time with the power rankings uh, here on as of uh, Friday, November the 13th on Friday morning uh, in the SEC in 2020 here. Alabama is uh, number one, six and oh, Texas A&M. Uh, second in our SEC power rankings, Texas A&M number two at five and one, Florida third at four and one, Georgia fourth at four and two, Auburn fifth at four and two, Arkansas. Got to give Sam Pittman credit. He's got Arkansas up to sixth in our power rankings. Heck, they're the only team that's won three games after the after the Big Five, right? Arkansas three and three and sixth, Missouri seventh and two and three, LSU is eighth at two and three, Missouri at you know, disposed of LSU earlier in the season. Mississippi State, now, you know, they beat LSU early in the season, but they kind of fell flat on their face after that, except for the the, the win over Vanderbilt by seven points last week. So let's make sure we get the power rankings right this time, okay? Missouri seventh at two and three. LSU is eighth at two and three. I've got Kentucky. I've moved Kentucky up to number nine at two and four. Kentucky did have a an impressive win over Mississippi State, where they shut down the air raid offense of Mike Leach. But but you know Alabama did that as well. Uh, Alabama beat Mississippi State to the tune of forty one to nothing a couple of weeks ago. So Kentucky is ninth. Kentucky is ninth in our power rankings at two and four. Mississippi State is tenth at two and four. Mississippi State has two wins: one over Vanderbilt, the other victory over LSU. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin is 11th. Ole Miss is 2-4. and four. I look for Mississippi State and Ole Miss to be more competitive next year in the second year of these coaches. They do got the Egg Bowl coming up, so somebody's going to win a game in that Egg Bowl at the end of the season. Um, but right now I've got Mississippi State slightly ahead of Ole Miss. You, you could go tit for tat with those two teams right now, but they'll play it out in the Egg Bowl uh, here in the next few weeks. Uh, Mississippi State, I've got them ranked 10th in the power rankings at 2-4. and four. Ole Miss 11th at 2-4. and four. Tennessee, man, they have really fallen. Man, we had Tennessee um, much higher. I mean, they were way up there. At one time, you know, Tennessee was up around, what, in the power rankings 5th or 6th at one time. Tennessee has fallen to 12th in our power rankings. Tennessee at 12. Tennessee has a record of 2-4. and four. A lot of teams are 2-4 and four in the SEC. 13th, South Carolina. And um, most champ, maybe his job may be hanging by a thread. You know, COVID may be the only thing that saves him this year, perhaps, um, if something's going to save him. But I really thought South Carolina, you know, I, I really think most champ needs to be third in the SEC probably to keep his job. Um, you know, that's that's not going to happen. Apparently, but I mean, you take a look at the SEC East, it's Florida, Georgia, and then everybody else, right? Um, so we got South Carolina 13th at 2 and 4, Vanderbilt is 14 at 0 and 5. So 
from 10 down, Mississippi State is 10th. Let's go nine down. Okay, at nine, Kentucky is two and four. Ninth is Kentucky. Tenth is Mississippi State at two and four. Ole Miss is 11th at two and four. Tennessee, two and four and 12th. Thirteenth is South Carolina at two and four. And Miss and uh, Vanderbilt, I should say. Van- Vandy is 0 and five and 14. So we got Kentucky nine, Mississippi State 10th, Ole Miss 11th, Tennessee 12th, South Carolina 13th, and Vanderbilt 14. So that gives you all 14 teams in the SEC. In our power rankings, the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings, there you go. Uh, taking a look at North Florida Entertainment, we've been talking about some of the concerts. Uh, Carlos Alvarez's movie on the SEC network uh, called The Cuban Comet is very good. I recommend that. Uh, 38 Special is coming to the Florida Theater downtown Jacksonville on December the 10th. Um, stipulations for that show, it's 50% capacity. So, you know, the Florida theater holds maybe 1900 to 2000 people thereabouts. So that means there's probably going to be maybe 800 to 950 people at the most, and they've got to wear their face masks. And of course, social distancing at the 38 special show on December the 10th at the Florida theater, downtown Jacksonville. And that of course is this year. 2020. That's uh, December the 10th of 2020. Coming up in uh, just a little bit, well, less than a month from now. You know, it's almost three weeks from now. 38 Special, Jacksonville's very own 38 Special, December the 10th at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville. Elton John, not this year, not next year, but the following year, the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour. Elton John will be in Jacksonville. And hopefully, COVID-19, we hope, is in the rear view, certainly, by 2022, right? Elton John, the Goodbye the goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour. Elton John in Jacksonville at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena on April the 23rd of 2022. Get out and watch some high school football. I mean, I understand that uh, there, was a, there was a playoff game between uh, Nice and um, I believe Nice is actually forfeited uh, their playoff game due to limited players available. I'm assuming that's uh, some COVID-19 issues and concerns. Nice has actually forfeited their playoff game to Oakleaf. Oakleaf will play Bartram Trail next week, I understand, in a playoff game. So that's some of what's going on in high school football. Um my high school I went to years and years ago, Ed White, is actually in the playoffs. Playoffs, uh, they defeated Bishop Kenny last week. And you heard um, you heard us talk about it on, on previous podcast, uh, episode 69, uh, where Alex Nunry does uh, some reports and interviews, and we run down basically the majority of all the high school football scores for North Florida, South Georgia, and, you know, a portion of our part or pocket of South Alabama, but uh, Ed White will play Tallahassee uh, Rickards. Uh, Tallahassee Rickards had beaten uh, Tallahassee Leon, I believe, a couple of weeks back, and it was a low-scoring game, so there may be some defense in this one between Ed White and Tallahassee Rickards. The game will be played at Ed White. Uh, it's uh, As I understand it, it's a 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock kickoff. Ed White hosting Tallahassee Records. 
Ed White won the play-in playoff game against Bishop Kenny, but it was an official playoff game, as I'm told. So this is actually for Ed White. This is actually a second-round playoff game. Ed White hosting uh, Tallahassee Records this Friday night, 7 o'clock, you know, at Commander Stadium. i got to find out what they officially call that stadium now. But I'm going to slip over there Friday night at 7 o'clock and um, root Ed White on. You know, we'll see what happens. But um, Ed White, you know, it's for Ed White, my alma mater, it's just to make the playoffs, I think, is a really good achievement for Ed White. However, keep in mind, everybody, everybody, as I understand it, in uh, North Florida and throughout Florida makes the playoffs during this COVID-19 season. And I have heard, depending on the region you're in and the classification to win a state championship. In some cases, you might have to win as many as six uh, playoff games. Uh, I think in, in some classifications, five, um, five victories and some classifications, maybe six victories. So a lot of playoffs coming at, at us now, Ed White will be hosting Tallahassee records this Friday night, seven o'clock kickoff. That game's actually tonight. As I'm recording this podcast on Friday morning, November the 13th. So we gave you some North Florida entertainment with some of the concerts, some high school football. There's a lot of high school football playoff games throughout the area. You know, the majority of the games will be played. They're they're still on, will be played. But we did find out that there was one cancellation, and it's actually being called a forfeiture, a playoff forfeit, as Nice is unable to to field the team due to, as I understand it, I believe it's COVID-19 concerns and issues. Nice finishes their season one and seven. They got eight games in uh, this year in 2020. But like I said, everybody's making the playoffs in, in uh, North Florida. I believe that's throughout the entire state of Florida, actually. So Nice at one and seven, they, they have uh, forfeited their playoff game against Oakleaf. Oakleaf has a really strong team, so they're going to get like an open date. And they'll play Bartram Trail next week. Bartram Trail is coming off a victory over Reigns last week. So Oakleaf and Bartram Trail should be a pretty good team. I, it's hard to call that one. Those are really two good games, uh, two good teams. That's uh, Alex Nunnery's uh, old high school Bartram Trail. Um, Alex Nunnery, one of our BigJReport.com contributors, and he does interviews on the Teal Shirt Report as well. So Oakleaf next week playing Bartram Trail. That's next week in a, in a high school football playoff game uh, here in uh, North Florida. So that's going to about wind up the Teal Shirt Report. The Jaguars, unfortunately, are a 13-point underdog at Green Bay. Well, I wonder how the weather's going to be up there. I haven't taken a look at the weather report, but I, I would think they're starting to get some cool air, maybe some cold air up at Green Bay. So we'll take a look at that game. That's uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars playing Green Bay. I'm pulling it up just again to double-check the kickoff time. The kickoff time is 1 o'clock p.m. at Lambeau Field at Green Bay on uh, this, actually this Sunday, November the 15th, kickoff at 1 o'clock. The Green Bay Packers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Former uh, Jaguars tight end Mercedes Lewis still with Green Bay. And, man, he's been with Green Bay, I think, what, three years now? Man, that was a that was a bonehead move when, you know, the Jaguars back in 
2018, early in 2018, had re-signed Mercedes Lewis. And then like a few days or a few weeks later, due to salary cap, well, what they did was they, they spent too much money on Austin Safiri and Jenkins, uh, a tight end who they signed in free agency. And so then they have to release Mercedes Lewis, very embarrassing move the Jaguars had to make for a long time. Jaguars player who spent, what, 11, 12 years with the Jaguars? Look, I mean, look at the pure. And, and Mercedes, is, has the last few years of his career, he has become one of the better blocking tight ends in the NFL. The Jaguars could have used that, right? So Mercedes has lasted. Man, look at the look at the lasting power of Mercedes Lewis. What has he done? He spent nearly what 14, 15 years in the NFL. One of my favorite players with the Jaguars when he was here in Jacksonville, also. So Mercedes will probably get some time on the field against his uh, former longtime team. So it'll be Green Bay hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are one and seven. We got the best one in seven team in the league, right? And uh, we're going to talk about because Doug Marone's going to have to hit the road. You know, I, I especially wanted Todd Wash out of here, and uh, the inability for Doug to fire Todd Wash is just another reason why Doug doesn't need to be the coach. And if you go back and listen to this episode, episode show number 70, you'll understand some other things, uh, why I think Doug should be gone. But I'm, I'm sure owner Sean Khan is going to let him play out the season unless it continues to get even more ridiculous, depending on how bad things get and look and, and what transpires uh, for the rest of the season. The Jags are one and seven. They, According to Doug Marone, they started their nine-game season last week uh, with a loss against the Houston Texans. And the Jags are one and seven. We'll see what transpires. We'll be back with episode number 71. And I'm assuming in episode show number 71, we'll have a lot of high school football scores. We'll talk more SEC about the games that transpired this weekend on our next show and, and talk about the Jaguars-Green Bay game, which right now doesn't look like the Jags have much of a chance at Green Bay, but you never know. Uh, Luton, Jake Luton, the quarterback, will start his second straight game. Uh, Gardner Minshew still bothered by the thumb issues, fractures in the thumb. So, again, the Jaguars at Green Bay this Sunday at 1 o'clock on Sunday, November the 15th at Lambeau Field. Jake Luton. I heard somebody from the NFL Network call him Luton, which what kind of rhymes with crouton, right? So we'll try to – we're going from Tootin to Luton to Luton. So, and we'll, on that note, we'll end the Teal Shirt Report. Let's see what happens at Green Bay this week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about in the next episode, show number 70. Oh, I had some podcast stats for you. I was going to run down to everybody because we are listened to in as many as 17 states across the United States. Um, not only that, but, you know, internationally, many, many different countries, Germany, New Zealand, uh, all over the UK, of course, England. Uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland, everywhere, France, Canada. We've even got some listeners in Puerto Rico and many, many states. Uh, we got a lot of listeners in Florida, without a doubt, Georgia, Alabama, even Ohio. Um, LaVisca Chenault, the uh, Jags rookie wide receiver, played at Colorado. We got listeners out in Colorado and Boulder. So, Thank you for listening. The uh, podcast stats I was going to throw at you were, were listened to on Anchor about 20% of the time. But I love Anchor because 
Anchor has a lot of good tools for us to produce the podcast, and it spreads out to many, many other platforms. So Anchor is about 20%, Apple Podcast at 20%, Spotify about 13%, and Other is 47%. That's going to include your, you know, your Buzzsprouts, uh, Pod Paradise, Himalaya, uh, and, and many, many other platforms we're on. We're on a platform called Breaker as well. I think Breaker's made some improvements too, but... Google podcast is out there and part of the other, the other is 47%. So we're listened every, listened to everywhere. Thank you for listening to, and you can still support the podcast. Click on the support button if you'd like to support the podcast, but thank you for supporting the podcast and thank you for listening. And a very special thank you to our sponsors, anchor.fm, Saucerility in North Florida, uh, Lake Uvala hits.com internet radio, uh, where it's all good, great songs on LakeUfallahits.com. And you can follow us, of course, every day, 24-7. We've even got the North Florida weather up there on the homepage. Scroll way down, you'll find the North Florida weather that's up 24-7. Thank goodness we got through the tropical storm. Man, it was it was weak. <laughs> we did not have issues. I think I think on the news I saw one down tree and two branches. I'm sure it was a little bit more than that, but I'm, I'm glad it, uh, you know, we got out of that situation with uh, Tropical Storm Etta. Uh, it was spelled E-T-A. Somebody had to point, point it out to me how to spell it properly, E-T-A, like e- estimated time of arrival. But, um, and actually, um, Etta had turned into a hurricane for a brief time, a Category 1 when it made landfall. Might have strengthened slightly before it hit landfall, but that was about it. There was not a lot of strength to Etta. It was mainly a tropical storm, hurricane category one briefly, and then a tropical storm. And now a tropical depression. I believe most of the remnants of uh, Etta, now tropical depression Etta, I believe, uh, has moved north to the Carolinas and left us with uh, clear skies in Jacksonville and gradually... We've got 69 degrees right now in the 7 o'clock hours. I record this podcast on Friday morning, November the 13th. But we're looking for high temperatures, mainly around 82. Going to get a little cooler tonight, about 61. And I understand we'll probably see the um, the 50s over the next two or three nights as well. So a little bit of cooler air after the storm leaves us. The storm and the rain leaves us. So thank goodness that's um, Ed is uh, over with. And it has now moved up into the Carolinas um, as of this morning on uh, Friday morning, November the 13th, as we record another podcast. This has been episode number 70. And again, keep in mind, nothing um, nothing says you can't go back and listen to previous episodes. There's a lot of high school football interviews and scores in episode 68 and episode 69, I believe. So go. I know in 69 there's... You know, almost every high school football score in North Florida, South Georgia, and even some scores in parts of South Alabama. So go back and check episode 69. A lot of good interviews by our BigJReport.com contributor, uh, Alex Nunry, as he goes to a high school football game almost every week, except for, I think, when he was on vacation. And um, Alex, some some weeks goes to two games. I think um, last week he went to a Thursday night game and then a Friday night game. So check out episode 69. You have been listening to episode 70. Can you believe it? 70 episodes in the can in the Teal Shirt Report with the Teal Shirt Report. So thank you for listening. My name is Scott. I'm out.
Hey, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report. We'll be right back.